Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, teacher, lecturer, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, your comments, and all your concerns. Well, tonight on Contending for the Faith, we're going to take a pause from our current series, The God of All Comfort, and bring you a special and rather unique resurrection message, one that is quite different from your usual Easter sermon and messages. Question, why is it so hard for us to believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ? And what will it take from Jesus to get us to believe it? Well, for the answer to this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, introduction and uh, challenging introduction. And we want to say happy Resurrection uh, Weekend to everybody out there in Radio Land. And we appreciate you joining us again for Contending for the Faith. And we trust that God will speak to your heart uh, tonight as you uh, hear the Word of God speak to your heart. Um, We want to encourage you, uh, before I get into this message, uh, if you have your Bibles, we want to encourage you to look at uh, Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. We want to give you a few moments to do that. And uh, uh, generally in our church, we say, when you found it, say amen. So you can say amen where you're at when you find it. Uh, But we want to encourage you to look uh, at uh, Luke chapter 24. And we want to uh, bring to your attention something very important. And that's something that we need to uh, share with you tonight regarding the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, the bodily resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to ask the Lord to just bless the word as we uh, go into it. Uh, Lord, we just pray that you would bless your word, uh, open up our uh, eyes and ears to hear what you have to say tonight regarding your bodily resurrection. And we pray that you will convict someone today and tonight of sin, righteousness, and judgment, and lead them to the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're in uh, Luke chapter 24, and I'll get to some verses in a little bit, Uh, but I'm going to come at you tonight from a different perspective um, regarding the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
most of the time we hear sermons that pretty much are consistently the same messages and same titles and that sort of thing. Uh, I want to come at you from a whole different perspective and a different title. And uh, so our text is Luke chapter 24, and I will be uh, looking at various scriptures in this chapter. Uh, But my title is this, make a note of it, Open Eyes by Jesus Regarding His Resurrection or bodily resurrection. Open eyes by Jesus regarding his bodily resurrection. And uh, uh, when we talk about open eyes regarding Jesus's bodily resurrection, uh, what I'm saying in essence is that uh, unless the Holy Spirit, uh, Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, open up our ears, and eyes, our eyes and ears, and darken eyes, darken hearts, darken ears uh, to the power of the Holy Spirit uh, regarding uh, his death, burial, and resurrection, and who he is as God manifested in the flesh, will never, never come to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives. Now, how often do you hear that approach uh, from the open eyes perspective? Now, when we get into the scriptures, we will see uh, various verses talking about uh, what Jesus did regarding opening up the eyes for his own disciples to see because they even doubted. You know, the women came to the tomb and they uh, didn't see a body there because they brought all the spices and all that stuff to embalm the body and it was not there. And then they kind of panicked and got perplexed and wondered as it talks about in Luke uh, 24 and verse 4. And then uh, they went back and told uh, the disciples and they said, hey, you know, you don't believe women, especially in that culture, and you don't believe them that early in the morning, coming back talking about he had, you know, uh, the body was not there. So all of them were confused, perplexed, into skepticism, doubt, and that's an encouraging word to somebody out there who may be questioning uh, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. You will get there. You will get there if you have a heart and you pray to God to open up your eyes, open up your heart, uh, open up your spirit uh, to uh, the scriptures, to the word of God, and to everything that God is calling you to do. I think it's very important for you to uh, realize that. Now, Uh, When we look at uh, Luke chapter 24, I want you to look at some verses that's very important. In Luke chapter 24 and verse 13, when these two men were walking on the road of Emmaus, uh, it says, behold, two of them, verse 13, 
of them went that day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about threescore uh, furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they were communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near. Now, take note of the word Jesus himself drew near. Remember Jesus said when he had appeared in the upper room, uh, the disciples were frightened. They thought that they saw a spirit, but Jesus said, it is I myself, handle me and see. See, Jehovah's Witnesses try to say that Jesus manufactured bodies after his resurrection. It was not really uh, Jesus in a physical body. He just appeared and manufactured bodies just to kind of let them know he was alive, but he was a spirit creature. Now, it says here, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Now, notice verse 16. Notice my title is talking about open eyes, but their eyes were holded that they should not know him. Now, why was that? Why was their eyes holded back from knowing him? That's a really important question. Why would Jesus do that? Why would he hold their eyes from being open to know who he, who he was? Because Jesus has an appointed time for all of us, uh, an appointed anointed, appointed, and approved time for all of our eyes to be opened up regarding the truth of who he is and the scriptures. That's why we shouldn't force people or demand of people, trust the Holy Spirit to do his job. Now, it says that, but their eyes, underline the word eyes, that's what I'm talking about tonight, eyes, behold it, that they should not know him. Why? Really important question, why? Because Jesus had not fulfilled all the Old Testament scriptures regarding his death, burial, and resurrection. And when he had fulfilled it, he was still fulfilling it after his resurrection. You say, you got to be kidding me. No, because he needed to complete the task of the prophecies. How many people tell you that? Now, look at, look at verse 25. And he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And then look at verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. See, so he wasn't going to open up their eyes until he finished that work first. Now, look at verse 31. Here's open eyes again. And their eyes were open. Now, he's going to open their eyes. Prior to this, verse 16, their eyes were not open. Now, their eyes are open, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. That's what a, a ultra-dimensional body that can do. It can step from one dimension to another, and that's what he did when he went back to the Father. He just vanished out of their sight, and here he vanished out of their sight, and he kept appearing and disappearing about 40 days after the resurrection. It just vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, verse 32, did not our hearts burn within us 
while he talked with us by the way. Now, when it says by the way, the disciples were known as the way. Make a note of that. They were known as the way before they were called Christians. Uh, he talked with us by the way while he opened to us the scriptures. Now, notice this. The burning in their heart was a conviction. The eyes are being opened in verse 31, and then verse 32, when he opened up their eyes to who the scriptures were and what they were and what they were all about, uh, when, they, when he opened that up to them and opened up who he was, then the scriptures came alive to them. Once they opened up their eyes, he opened up their eyes to the scripture, you know, and I want you also to notice something else here in verse 44 through 47. And it says, the scriptures fulfilled. And he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, and all the things which must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses. Notice that the law of Moses still needed to, to be fulfilled, and the prophets needed to be fulfilled and the Psalms concerning me. And notice here again, verse 45, then open he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. My friend, you cannot understand the word of God, Jesus, unless God touches you, put a burning in your heart and convict you to want to know, to want your eyes open. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine within them. So what is the major thing that is taught? I'm going to say this in conclusion. What is the major thing that's taught throughout Scripture when before you come to know Jesus, when your eyes are open up? When your eyes are open up, then verse 46, when you recognize he raised him from the dead the third day, verse 47, and that repentance and remission of sins. You got to repent of sin in your life, and then you got to carry the gospel to other people in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, whose eyes need to be open as well. We pray for you tonight that God will bring you to repentance. Lord, touch somebody tonight who's listening to this message, whose eyes need to be open to the truth of who you are and the truth of Scripture. Open eyes. In the name of Jesus, we ask and pray. Amen. Brother Gary. Well, all right. It's time for us to take a commercial break. Our phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you tonight. We'll be right back with more of contending for the faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. All right, well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to give us a call. We want to hear from you tonight. This is a one-hour phone-in uh, radio program, and we need you to phone in. 
And uh, we are here to answer your questions and dialogue with you. If you have questions, comments, you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. And we always like to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith these many, many years. It's such a blessing to know that so many people are lifting us up every every day, every of the week, hopefully, in prayer. And uh, it's, it's a prayer-driven ministry. We have no doubt whatsoever to that fact. It's your prayers, it's your continuous prayers, your consistent prayers that have kept us going for just about 20 years. <clears throat> That's uh, no small feat. And so we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. In addition to that, uh, this is a listener-supported ministry, and we thank you uh, for your financial support for so many years. And we've had so many wonderful folks partner with us in this endeavor, and we still need your help. We still need your consistent prayers as well as your consistent giving. It's so important that we are able to continue to do this work that God has called us to do. And we're just really thankful and excited that we get to partner with you in order to make that happen. It's going to be a blessing when we stand before God and he's going to say, hey, look at all those people behind you. And you're going to ask, you're going to say to the Lord, who who are these people? And the Lord's going to tell you, these folks made it into the kingdom as a result of your giving that the monies that you spent and sent to contending for the faith and other ministries like it, that made a difference in time and eternity in the lives of so many people. It's so important and it's so real. And so we want to encourage you, continue to pray for us. And as the Lord uh, enables you, continue to give to contending for the faith. Um, There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to contending for the faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. In addition, I just want to remind you that all of our broadcasts are uh, available in a podcast form. All you have to do is go to KFAX 1100 AM, um, KFAX1100.com, and go on to the website, top of the page. There's a banner that says that lists the names of all the programming, and you'll see Contending for the Faith on there. Click on that, and it'll take you to all the podcasts of all of our shows. So if you ever get in a bind and for some reason you miss a particular night, Saturday night, and you were like, oh my, I missed that uh, latest episode in the series, well, you can always go back and and, uh, listen to it at your leisure. In addition, you can use those podcasts for Bible studies. You can use them at church for Sunday school, whatever. It's a great resource. So we want to encourage you. Check it out. All right, Dr. Buckner, ready to take some calls? Let's do that, Brother Gary. All right, we have Brother Rick on line one. Brother Rick, how you doing? I'm blessed. How about yourself? Oh, we're truly blessed. Uh, trust that I'm you got really the, uh, what I learned tonight. We trust that you got blessed tonight. What was something that stood out for you? We realize that uh, you know when we share with people, I mean, we can't push people until they're ready, mm-hmm. until the Holy Spirit uh, reaches them and touches their heart. And convict mm-hmm. them. We can share, but what we're doing is just planting the seed for the Holy Spirit 
to eventually uh, bring out the uh, bring out the person's heart. Yes, absolutely. I remember Walter Martin, my mentor. He used to say that every time before he got ready to preach or teach the word of God, he would always um, pray, Lord, open up their eyes, open up their ears to hear your word and be convicted by the Holy Spirit. He would always pray that prayer and it worked. And we see this in Luke 24, opening eyes, and we need to pray that prayer for our families, our uh, friends, the world in general, that God will open up their eyes to the truth of who he is and the scriptures. And that's really important. So thank you for sharing. Uh, what's on your heart tonight? Well, speaking of scriptures, um, what, what scripture in the New Testament would you say is most um, significant in explaining the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ? And second, what mm -hmm. would be a good scripture to share with somebody that is lost? Okay, that's a very good one. Uh, since we're speaking of the uh, resurrection and everything like that, um, I would say the best completed scripture uh, that you can share with somebody or we can share with somebody regarding the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is something that uh, I taught my students as a professor at Gateway Seminary. I uh, teach the evangelism class, and uh, one of the requirements for all of the students when they take my class is that they have to memorize Romans 10, 9 and 10. And that's something that every Christian should have that memorized. If you don't have Romans 10, 9 and 10 memorized, I want to challenge you tonight, everybody that's listening to this radio program, to get that memorized, you know, and let me uh, read it to you from the, the uh, King James Version. Uh, it says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. But with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, that covers uh, pretty much everything, because you got to confess sin in your life. And, and in most of our churches, we say you need to accept him as Savior before Lord. But when you look at this passage of Scripture, he puts Lord before sa saving you know, when he says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God is raised from the dead, you shall be saved. So salvation follows lordship. And that's something that we have not taught strongly in our churches and a lot of our churches. <clears throat> because in order to get saved, we got to teach people to live under the, uh, the commitment and faithfulness and loyalty and without compromising, confusing, and contradicting. 
there's a lot of people who say that they serve Jesus as Savior, you know, but when it comes to Lord, that's a whole different story. And I wonder why Jesus said in Matthew 7, many will say, Lord, Lord, did I not do this and do that? Professor, now, I never knew you because you didn't do my will. You know, so willship has to fall under lordship. And Jesus is, becomes lordship, ownership, rulership. Then stewardship falls under that. And if we don't uh, come to grips with this, we're going to lose out on everything. Now, even when you talk about um, Acts 16, you see that the tables are turned again because the people that were in prison, they uh, it was an earthquake in the prison, and you know people were getting saved in the prison with Paul and Silas in there. And then they said to Paul, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And what did Paul say? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thine house. And how often are we preaching that in our in our churches? You know, uh, because the way you're going to get into heaven is based upon faithfulness and loyalty and commitment, you know. And a lot of people and a lot of church folks, when it comes to this thing, they they teeter under it. So we need to um, teach this Romans 10, 9 and 10. And all of my students are required to, to memorize this. And meditation leads to memorization. They have to memorize this and they have to know it in order to pass. Because this is not only one of the best completed scriptures on, you know, the resurrection but also the, the, the most completed passage in sharing the gospel, because this is something that I learned very early in Bible school, seminary, but also from my previous pastors. They used to drill this in me, and it just became a part of me. I just got it memorized, and I wonder, if I ask you the question tonight, do you have this memorized? I wonder how many of you will say yes. And I wonder how many of you will say no. But those who say no, you need to memorize it. And then you need to share it. Share this with somebody because it's the full package. It says everything within this package. Hopefully that helps to answer your your uh, question, Brother Ray. And uh, that was one of the first things uh, you worked with me on. That is, true. that is true. Do you still have it memorized? Absolutely. Let if me hear you say confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe it in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the mouth one be believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Yeah, and you you mentioned mouth two times, but with the heart. For with the heart, that's the only one. Believe in with, the heart, God raised him from the dead, shall be saved. Heart, unto righteousness. And with a mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Well, you got most of it. Yeah, you got most of it. Very good, very good job. Well, do you have any? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Keep, keep praying for my. Keep praying for my health. Mm-hmm. Keep praying for strength. And 
each day is each day has been different. But uh, just pray that I stay strong mm-hmm. in all that I do. All righty. Well, we're going to have Brother Gary to lead us in prayer on that. Brother Gary. All right. Well, Lord, we just thank you once again for Brother Rick and his good questions tonight. We pray that you continue to encourage him, that you would continue to keep him in good health and in good strength. We know that your word says the joy of, the, of our Lord, joy of the Lord is our strength. And that we can do all things through Christ who strengthen us. So, Lord, we know that you're intrinsic to our strength. And we know, Lord God, that you're able to give what we, give us what we need. And so we pray that you would touch Brother Rick with that strength, that you touch him with uh, supernatural good health, and that you would touch him with supernatural joy, Lord God, that will encourage his heart and move him forward in all that you've called him to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Rick. God bless you, and happy Resurrection uh, Weekend. And All righty. God bless. All right. We got two minutes. We can probably touch a little bit with CC. Brother CC, how are you doing, my brother? Maganier, how are you doing? Oh, we're truly blessed. Truly blessed. Uh, maybe you can... Uh, uh, let us know what your question is, and then what we will do is come back from the commercial and hear how the message spoke to you, and then we'll respond to your question. But what what is your question tonight? I want to ask you about John Nelson Darby, uh, your in, intake on him. Okay, that's a very, very good uh, question, and uh, I've done a lot of research on John Nelson Darby. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. So uh, hang in there. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. All right. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we want to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith and all of you who have partnered with us financially over these many years to keep us on the air. We're so delighted and thankful that you have to spent so much time with us and valued this ministry and valued enough to partner with us financially. It's just a blessing all the way around. So we want to encourage you, keep praying and keep giving. There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or a money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. And the second way, once again, is so much simpler. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. All right, Dr. Butner, ready to get back to Brother CC. Let's do that, Brother Gary. All right. CC, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. All right, Brother Cece, thank you for hanging in there with us. And uh, I look like you're the uh, only caller we have, so we got a lot of good time with you. 
So uh, first of all, uh, how did the message tonight minister to you? What, what spoke to you, stood out for you? You know, that really is just so it's a lot that stood out to me. And um, I'll say the first thing I, I mentioned, like, like you mentioned, how you said that that they, for a person to be able to come to a saving knowledge of who Jesus Christ or believe in the resurrection, that their eyes will have to be open. And, you know, I, I like doing evangelism and, you know, started when I was younger doing evangelism as a little boy. I would witness to, witness to people. And, you know, some people, some, some kids, they they weren't receptive to it. And now me as, an, as a young adult now, and you mentioning that, that really, that really um, stuck to me. And then you mentioned a lot of other things, too, that Busey does, does not mention about how, the, how their eyes wasn't open until the scriptures had to be fulfilled, and he had to fulfill those scriptures, and how you pointed that out in verse 47, I was listening to you very intensively, and I really know that you're working with God, and I know that you didn't get that out of no commentary or from a theologian, that came from divine revelation, and I, I thank you, brother. Well, you're welcome. I appreciate that, because that is the Holy Spirit ministering to me to give to you and the others that are listening. And yeah, you gave some good, excellent feedback on that. I appreciate that. And, and it's always a blessing to have people like yourself that's listening intently to what the man of God is saying. So appreciate you and, and you always calling in as well, your faithfulness with that and your questions. So you had a question about John Nelson Darby already. Have you ever done any homework on him yourself? I haven't gotten started yet. I just had seen his um, his name mentioned. Um, it's a pastor that that I'll be listening to in different sermons I'll be teaching, and he had that on his for his headline uh, concerning. He put that name there. I haven't I haven't done any study on him. No. So you said a pastor had mentioned his name. His name was on yeah, like on the, the out, outline of a sermon. He put his name there, and it jumped out to me. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, let me let me say this. Let me give you a little bit of information on him first, and then I'll get into his theology. Uh, he was the founder of the Plymouth Brethren Church, uh, and he and he held a dispensational view. Uh, he was born in the eighteen hundreds and died in uh, 1882. Uh, he was born in London, uh, and he first became a lawyer for four years and then became a priest. And then he got into the pre-tribulation rapture, uh, became popularized through his uh, theology, um, and uh, he became known as the father of dispensationalism. Uh, and he originated the pre-tribulational rapture theory uh, wherein Christ will suddenly remove the bride and the church from the world to his heavenly destiny before the judgments of the tribulation. <clears throat> so that's kind of like where he's coming from. So uh, Winston Churchill one time said, he that doesn't know the past is destined to repeat it, and I go a step further and say destined to repeat it ignorantly. So um, prior to 
the uh, 1800s, you had the church uh, believing that the church would um, go through the tribulation period. Because really, when you think about it, whoever whoever escaped any type of persecution, uh, you know, the prophets didn't, uh, the apostles didn't, uh, the early church didn't, and all one needs to do is read Hebrews chapter 11, and, you know, out of the 11, uh, 11 apostles, 10 of them, uh, well, just Judas had committed suicide, but uh, out of the 11, 10 of them uh, died, uh, was executed, and John almost, you know, was thrown into a bowl of hot water on Patmos uh, in the book of Revelation. <clears throat> so the church never did escape anything. The church um, went through persecution. They went through uh, death, brutal death. And then all of a sudden you had in the 1800s, a movement started uh, where a, a young girl uh, started talking about the, she had an esoteric experience saying that the end of the world was going to come and that the church is going to be raptured. So a lot of the people at that time, including even the Seventh-day Adventists, um, the Millerite movement, the Seventh-day Adventists, they started saying that jumping on the bandwagon uh, along with the end of time thing. So it became a big thing in the 1800s and people were uh, starting to be manipulated by the enemy with fear, you know, fear and speculation uh, around the end of time. So John Nelson Dorby got influenced by this young girl who had an esoteric experience, wasn't based upon revelation, but fear and inductive inference, that's an assumption. And then, uh, so she got influenced, he got influenced by this young girl and then the next thing is that he started the Plymouth Brethren movement, John Nelson Darby. And then from there, the dispensational movement started. And then from the dispensational movement was Dallas Theological Seminary because they picked up a lot of the stuff. So a lot of the people that you do hear on the radio uh, they're sound Bible teachers, but a lot of them come out of Dallas and they hold to the pre-tribulation position. Now, the problem with the pre-tribulation position is that, like I said, it didn't come around until the 1800s. And um, the church always taught that the, that the church would uh, go through the tribulation. That's why Revelation chapter 13 says, and the Antichrist, which is the beast, then use the word Antichrist there, the beast made war against the saints. Now, who are the saints? Saints is church. So the pre-tribulation position came forth with the pre-tribulation position saying that there's going to be a sudden rapture. The church will be taken out. That means all Gentiles. And the Jews will be left here to be brutalized by the Antichrist, and some of them will get saved, you know including that, you know, 144,000 and so forth in the book of Revelation. So um, this 
view is separating the church from Israel and the church, when a Jew becomes a believer, just like Rick has been at a church over, been with me for over 20 something years, you know, God is not going to discriminate on a particular race and because they're Jew and then say, you have to stay here and then the Gentiles going to go because it's clear in the book of Galatians, there's neither Jew, Greek, bond free. Uh, we're all one in Christ. And there's only one seed of Abraham, not seeds. So this view is not uh, uh, based upon the Bible. It's based upon uh, speculation, fear, and John Nelson Darby, even though he's long gone, uh, a large segment of the church is influenced, still influenced by him. A large segment. And so is it something to divide over? No. Uh, we can agree and disagree agreeably. Um, you have the pre-tribulation position, mid-tribulation position, post-tribulation position, uh, but it's all tribulation. Somebody said uh, they believe in the pan-tribulation position that in the end, God's going to pan it all out anyway. But I believe that uh, that the church has taught and the post-tribulation position is basically the church will go through the tribulation period. And I think there's clear evidence of that throughout the scripture. You know, Paul is writing to the church of Thessalonica, and he, in Second Thessalonians, he warns about the coming of the Antichrist, uh, the, you know, that will sit in the temple, the man of sin. So why would uh, he warn the church and their Gentiles if they're going to be gone, they wouldn't be one of the church. The Church in the Tribulation by Robert Gundry, he was a professor, uh, is uh, an excellent book to get, The Church in Tribulation by Dr. Robert Gundry. And then The Blessed Hope by uh, George Elton Ladd. He was a professor too, a New Testament professor and uh, Robert, Dr. Robert Gundry. Those two books will blow you away if you if you get it. Ex two excellent books that will kind of cover a lot of the stuff I'm saying in more detail. I think every Christian should have it in their in their library. And some people say, "Well, why do you go through all this stuff?" Well, because First Peter three and fifteen says, "Be ready to give an answer to every man that asks of us a reason, hope, the sentence, meekness, and fear." So we are called by God to give answers. So the tribulation thing is what we call a non-essential. It's not something to uh, divide over. We can debate, but we shouldn't divide. And St. Augustine said it so well, he said, I'll close on this note. He said, in the essentials, unity, in the non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. That's powerful. So in the essentials, unity, the non-essentials, liberty, and in all things charity. We should have the the liberty to have a different opinion, different from somebody else. And I know some people, if, the, if your opinion is not the same as theirs, they don't want you in their church to do no lectures, no seminars. They don't want to even fellowship with you. Some churches that extreme. We shouldn't take it to that level because we're all going to, um, you know, 
who are truly under the lordship of Christ going to make it there and God is going to straighten us all out anyway. But I think there's a consistency with the fact that the church is going to go through it because they always have. And why would there be an exception even when it, this big old thing came up in the 1800s? Nobody knew anything about dispensationalism nor uh, Plymouth, you know, Brethren Movement until John Nelson Darby. So there's a Johnny come lately. Is a Johnny come lately always bad? No. There's some things that come lately that's consistent with scripture. Yeah, Dr. Buckner, I think it's important to point out that with the post-tribulation position, the church will experience the persecution of the Antichrist, but not the wrath of God. And I think that's an important distinction because a lot of people think that, oh, you have post-tribulation, you believe that the church is going to go through tribulation, all of it including everything that God's pouring out. No, <laughs> not that part. Right, right, right. That's a very important, that's a very important point because uh, there are some people who think that, uh, you know, it's going to be the wrath of God coming upon everybody. No, the wrath, of, the wrath of the enemy will come upon the church, but not the wrath of God. Um, and, and, and God will... Uh, be with his church through that 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 difficult period, just like he was with the early church. And he'll take what the enemy intends for evil and bring good out of it. He's always done that. But uh, yeah, that, that is an important point. So appreciate you sharing that, brother. Gary. A lot of people hear the word tribulation, and that's what they think. Yeah. yeah. Yep, that's what they think. And a lot of them think it because, you know, that's where the church got to really disciple people in the right way mm -hmm. so so cc does that help you man you gave me a way more than i expected yes it helped me thank you well that's good i'm glad that uh you got that hopefully you were able to retain uh, most of this i know you got a good mind hopefully you were, were able to retain it i tell you what next week i'm gonna have you to give back what i said and see how much you retain it okay Okay. That'll be a little homework assignment for you. See if you can retain some of the things. You don't have to retain all of it, but retain most of the highlights. Let's get your prayer request before the program ends and uh, have Brother Gary to close in prayer. CC, yeah, you what's your prayer request? If you can, you can pray for my mother, Rosalinda, for my family, and then I have a different issues that's going on in my body, and I just need God's um, healing and um, just lift up um, to lift up celebrities in general, and if a lot of listening audience out there, I you know there's prayer words out there, they could pray along with us. That would be helpful. Okay, very good. Well, we'll have Brother Gary to do that, and then we'll have him just to bring it home. Brother Gary. Well, all right. And Lord, we just thank you for Brother CC. We thank you for his faithfulness. We thank you for his faithfulness to your word as well, to study and to grow and to bear witness of the truth of the living God. And we just ask, Lord God, that you continue to be with his mom, his family, and the health issues that he's dealing with, Lord God. We just pray that you would give him a, a supernatural healing touch, Lord God. You are the great physician, and you've never lost a case. You were the one that made that opened uh, blind eyes and made deaf ears hear. You're the one that brought Lazarus back to life. And so you wrote the DNA 
and CC's body and you're intimate with every cell in it. You're able to touch and heal and do more than we can ask. So we pray for him. We pray for the celebrity community that they would be uh, coming to a saving knowledge of you as well. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast on this Resurrection Saturday Eve, shall we say. Uh, we want to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for uh, being part of tonight's program. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to exit, equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God wish you bless you, and we wish you a happy Resurrection Sunday, uh, and know that you will be blessed. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.